Can we all agree that professional development is sometimes an overwhelming and complex process? When it comes to reading for your professional development, you've got a couple of choices. You could spend hours at a bookstore searching through their limited book selection, or you could let the Amazon algorithm choose your books for you. And once you finally decide on what to read, it's not always clear how to apply what you learn into your specific role or into your specific business. Thankfully, there's a better way. The Simple Brand Book Club, a monthly reading program designed for busy leaders who want to grow themselves, strengthen their team, and grow their business. Group discussion, action plans, private author Q&A, and more. This is your monthly book club to help you learn how to provide a simple experience to your customers, to your people, and to yourself. And when you sign up for the Simple Brand Book Club by August 31st, you get your first three months for just $3 a month. Hey, that's less than two Doritos Locos Tacos from Taco Bell. So don't make your professional development any more complicated than it has to be. Join the Simple Brand Book Club at mattliles.com slash book club. Welcome to the Simple Brand Podcast, the show dedicated to helping you create simple experiences for your customers and for your team members. Each week, we're bringing you amazing interviews with business leaders and authors who will teach you how to differentiate your business with the one thing your customers need the most, simplicity. Your customers live in a complex world. Let's make it simple. Now, here's your host, Matt Lyles. I've been talking with a number of business owners over the past couple of months, and they're pretty distraught over a couple of things, and they both have to do with their people and a massive labor shortage. On one hand, people are leaving their jobs at a pretty drastic rate and leaving business owners in the lurch. On the other hand, business owners are trying to hire lots of open positions, but they can't seem to get anyone to want to apply and come on board. These are both indicative of what's being referred to as the Great Resignation. Millions of workers are quitting their jobs, and it's happening at an alarmingly unusual rate that we've never really seen before. Let's take a look at some of the stats. According to the Job Openings and Labor Turnover Survey from this past April, in the U.S., 4 million people quit their jobs. Okay, to put that number into context... That's the highest total number of people quitting their jobs within one month that we've ever seen. And that number is double the amount of people who quit a year ago. So a lot of people, government, researchers, business owners, were curious and quite truthfully anxious to see if this was just a one-time event. So in May, the number of people quitting their jobs was a little less. The number of people quitting their jobs dipped slightly in May to 3.6 million. Less than what we saw in April, but still alarmingly high. Now, here's the latest stats that just came out last week. The number of people leaving their employer rose again in June. 3.9 million people quit their jobs. So right up there with the numbers that we saw in April. And as of now... There's very little indication that this trend will stop anytime soon. So the great resignation is certainly here. And here's how it happened. You know, 
some amount of job turnover is normal. You're always going to have some level of job turnover. But we had a period of almost a year and a half of uncertainty through the pandemic. And when there's uncertainty, people tend to stay put in their jobs, even if they already wanted to leave before that. So now we have pinup job resignations that weren't happening over the past year and a half. People that were wanting to leave their jobs already, regardless of the pandemic, but they didn't. Now, add on to that an additional group of people. These are the people who've had pandemic-related epiphanies about their lives and about what's really important to them going forward. You know, this makes a lot of sense. You know, people have started to rethink and reevaluate their priorities based on the time that they spent during the pandemic. They're rethinking their priorities like family time, quality of life, time spent commuting to and from work, opportunities for more traveling, mental health, purpose, meaning, and calling, and if their jobs can actually be tied to something with more meaning. Some of these people are looking for jobs that meet their new priorities. And some of these people are actually deciding to call their own shots and create their own venture. Whether it's starting a completely new business, becoming a consultant, or becoming a freelancer. And you have one more group of people. People that were maybe satisfied in their jobs and didn't necessarily feel like leaving before the pandemic. But now they're seeing that other companies will pay them a higher salary for possibly a more meaningful job and possibly better perks and benefits. So with all those things tied together, it makes absolute sense that so many people are resigning. And don't just assume that the trend will subside. And don't assume that it's not happening at your company. Microsoft published a study of global workers recently, and here's what they found. If they haven't already left, more than 40% are considering leaving your company and are at least weighing their options. That's pretty close to half your people. But hang on, let's take a look at one more report. Tiny Pulse released their 2021 State of Employee Engagement a few months ago, and here's what U.S. business owners C-suite leaders, HR execs, are saying about their employees. On the average, human resources executives, C-suite leaders, expect only 8% of their employees will choose to quit once COVID restrictions are fully lifted, according to the survey. And a quarter of them believe that no one will quit. Wait, what? Out of all the oblivious, unaware, not having their finger on the pulse of their organization views from business leaders, this is it. If these leaders don't wake up and see what's happening, they'll be in for a rude awakening. And if you don't think it can happen to your team, you're in for a rude awakening too. You have to understand that if your people haven't already left your team, there's a strong chance that they're considering it right now. Look, I get it. Retaining your team members, keeping your team members engaged has never really been an easy job. Some companies place really good intentional focus on it, and they do it really well. But a lot of companies have been able to simply get by just by placing the onus on their own people with the mindset of, you should be grateful and lucky just to have a job. 
And don't get me wrong, anyone that has a job should be grateful to be employed and should be grateful to have that income. But that doesn't mean that they have to stick around if they want to look for something else, something better, something that pays them what they feel they're valued, something that has more meaning and purpose, something where they work with better leaders. Businesses should always adapt to their customers, but they also have to adapt to their people too. Your people are the ones who interact with your customers. They're the face of your business. They're the voice of your business. They're the ones who give off the vibe of your business. They're the ones who drive innovation and new ideas. And they're the ones who deliver your customer experience. So trust me, you want them engaged. So if this has been your mindset as a leader where employee engagement has been at the bottom of your priority list, then you need to flip that list upside down. Employee engagement, employee retention should be one of your top priorities today. Now, like I said, retaining your team members, keeping your team members engaged has never really been an easy job, even pre-pandemic. But now, as it's become more important than ever, it's also become more complicated than ever. So what can you do? How can you keep your best employees from jumping ship for greener pastures? How can you curb the great resignation in your organization? Well, if you know me, then you can already guess that what I'm going to share is some of the best ways to retain and engage your employees and more easily hire new employees all center around simplifying your team members' experience. Look, just like you have a desire for more things to be simpler for you, your people need their experience working with you to be simpler. But before we get into those, it does need to be said, and this is really the first thing that comes up in the conversation about what business owners can do to retain their people and to get people to actually come work for them, and that's pay your people fairly. Pay them what they're worth, more than what they're worth, and not just what you think they're worth. You need to proactively and thoroughly audit your employee compensation. If you're waiting for your employees to come to you to ask for a raise, then you might as well be opening the door for them to leave. For better or worse, salary demands have changed over the past year, especially for entry-level employees. I've seen the restaurants and the small businesses and the boutique businesses unable to open because they can't get enough staff. I've talked to a number of small business owners who are burning themselves out because they're having to work all hours of the day and night in place of their employees. And this can happen to you, too. So because the Biden administration recently implemented a $15 minimum wage for government contractors, you're competing for employees with those jobs, even if you aren't a government contractor. It doesn't matter that Wages don't go into effect until January of next year, January 2022. People are expecting that higher entry and minimum rate right now. And remember, like not all government contractor jobs are in aerospace engineering. A lot of them are in cafeteria workers, janitorial services. You need to make sure that you are paying your employees a proper market rate right now or they're going to leave. And then, when they do, you'll have to replace them with employees at that same market rate. 
And I know you understand how much more costly it is to recruit and hire new employees versus retaining your existing ones. So go ahead, proactively audit what you're paying your employees right now and figure out, are you paying them fairly? Proactively boost their salaries. You'll save your business so much hassle when you do. Okay, now that we've gotten the compensation point out of the way, let's get into the things that you need to be doing to curb the great resignation in your team. The first thing you need to instill in your business is a culture of empathy. And it starts with you. Look, empathy isn't just some touchy-feely, emotional, psychobabble term all about getting in touch with your feelings and everybody else's feelings. Really, empathy is your ability to see the world from the perspective of others. And it can be one of the most valuable tools in your leadership toolbox. The highest performing companies also top the list of the most empathetic companies. In fact, stats show that empathy is more important to business success than it has ever been. The UK consulting firm, The Empathy Business, they analyzed the internal culture of 170 companies on major financial indexes. And in 2016, they found that the top 10 companies on their 2016 Empathy Index report increased in value more than twice as much as the bottom 10, and they generated 50% more earnings defined by market capitalization. So we established that the top companies recognize that a culture of empathy is key in recruiting, engaging, and retaining top talent. But just because the top companies have figured out how to do this doesn't mean you can't. You can. And while it does take some work, it's actually pretty simple. It starts with answering these questions. Who are my employees? What do they care about? How can I care about what they care about? What do they need? How can I help them get what they need? You see, you need to care about what your employee cares about. And your employee needs to believe that you care. You've got to deliver an experience that shows your employees that you understand their needs. And the only way you're going to truly understand their needs is to see the world through their eyes, from their perspective, not yours. Theoretically walking a mile in their shoes and understanding what they feel throughout their day. If your employees ever tell you what they care about or what they need, consider yourself lucky because most of them won't bother to tell you. But it's your job to find out and to know. To get there, you have to really understand them. You have to talk to them. You have to ask them what it's like to be them each day. What it's like going through all the processes and procedures they go through to get their jobs done. More importantly, you have to observe them and observe what it's like to be them. You have to look at what you can do to help solve their problems and make their lives better. You have to be able to understand what resources do they need that you can provide and what barriers do they have in their roles that you can remove or at least minimize. When you instill empathy into your employee experience, you transform your focus from managing to helping and serving. You realize that your employees are real people. 
And do you know what real people want the most? They want to feel valued. When your employees believe that you care, they feel valued. When they feel valued, they trust you. When they trust you, they'll be loyal to you and more engaged in their role, all through the power of empathy. Did you know that in addition to my podcast and my articles, I speak to audiences all over to help them simplify their customer experience and simplify their employee experience. I've spent the last few years leading a crusade of simplicity across the globe. If you want a winning brand, you have to provide a simple experience to your customers and to your team members. Whether it's a live event or a virtual event, I'd love to partner with you and teach your audience how to do just that. With over a decade in marketing, I know how to hook and captivate an audience. And as a speaker, I know how to connect with that audience. Along with my lessons, I use stories and humor to keep everyone engaged and inspired. Then they leave with the knowledge and next steps to transform their business. As an event planner, you're managing lots of details to give your audience the most memorable event. The last thing you need is a speaker who will make your event memorable for all the wrong reasons. Not only will I leave your audience energized and inspired, I'll make it easy for your team to work with me. Hey, if I've built my brand around simplicity, then you know I'm going to make it simple for you. When you visit mattliles.com speaking, you'll find everything you need to know, including details on my topics, promotional materials, and most importantly, a link to connect with my team so we can book your event. So visit mattliles.com speaking. I can't wait to help your audience brand out from the crowd. All right, now that you understand how to instill empathy, this next practice is going to be a lot easier. If you haven't already, you have to offer more flexibility to your employees. And flexibility can come in a variety of ways. But you know, gone are the days of a rigid environment with rigid procedures and rigid processes just because we've always done it this way. Or even worse, because from your viewpoint, This is how I want it done, and it's my way or the highway. There are too many companies and too many leaders who've been operating under a one-size-fits-all approach with their people. It's as if you were giving out t-shirts to all your employees, and because you happen to wear a double XL, you just say everyone gets a double XL. A double XL is not going to fit everyone. Some people need a small. Some people need a medium. Some people may even be allergic to the fabric that you're offering. So there's no one-size-fits-all approach. It's understanding what each of your team members need and how you can best give each of your team members specifically what they need in their role. So once you choose to instill empathy in your team, that empathy then allows you to more easily understand where and how your employees need that flexibility in their roles. Michael Solomon and Rishon Bloomberg of 10X Management call this being a bespoke boss. If you're going to empathetically provide flexibility to your people, if you're going to be a bespoke boss, it's going to take more than simply considering and acknowledging that your people have personal lives. You need to be the boss, the leader who knows enough about your people's personal lives to make considerations when you're managing them. 
You need to be the leader who cares about your people's aspirations, not just in their role, but in their career plans and in their personal life. And you need to care about how they're performing across all of those. You need to be the leader who works hard to ensure that each individual person you lead has the optimal work environment for them to be fully productive and fully effective in their role. So what does this type of flexibility look like? Well, today, one of the biggest areas of flexibility that employees are needing and requiring is flexibility in their work environment and work location. You know, a recent study by Stanford, um, they studied 16,000 workers over nine months, and they found that working from home increased productivity by 13%. This increase in performance was due to more calls per minute and attributed to a quieter, more convenient working environment and working more minutes per shift because of fewer breaks, fewer sick days. And in the same study, workers also reported improved work satisfaction and employee attrition rates were cut by 50%. You know, coming out of the pandemic, that's one of the biggest requests that I'm seeing among professional employees is the ability to work remotely. So for a period of about 18 months, most professionals were working remotely and working from home. And they found the value that came from that. They found that they were more productive on the average. They found that on the average, they were more effective in their roles. They found that they were saving themselves considerable time, maybe one to two hours of time related to their commute and getting ready time. And that time can add up over a period of one week. After having experienced that, after having understood how more productive they can be, workers are wanting to continue that ability, continue the ability to be able to work from home. That doesn't necessarily mean that everyone wants to work from home, work remotely 100% of the time. I mean, there are lots of companies that are looking into a hybrid approach or looking into core hours. So you've got to be able to do that as well. You've got to be able to offer that flexibility in working environment for your people. And it's going to end up saving them time too. Saving them time that they may very well put into more professional development to better themselves for their position and for the work that they do for you. And now flexibility isn't just you know, based on working from home or working remotely. Beyond just where employees work, there are a number of other ways to provide flexibility. Your flexibility is really only limited by your imagination or even your employee's imagination. Around halfway into my career, I took a new role with a new supervisor. And once I was in that role, before my first official meeting with her, she had me fill out a form that she provides to all of her people. I answered questions all about my personal life, my family, my favorite things. And these were personal questions that I was comfortable answering, of course. None of this was for her to pry. It was for her to better understand me. And it also had questions regarding my personality and my tendencies, all things that I had come to know through various self-assessments. And these helped her understand how I worked and how we could better work together. But one of the most noteworthy items in this form was around how I like to be recognized and rewarded in my role. My supervisor understood that not everyone likes to be recognized and rewarded in the same way. 
Some people like public praise. Others hate public praise and prefer to be praised in a private one-on-one meeting. Some like to be praised via email. Others like to be praised via a handwritten note. Some like rewards like branded merchandise. Some like a Starbucks gift card. The eye-opening point here for me, and for you, is that she understood that recognizing and rewarding your people is not a one-size-fits-all approach. She understood the need and the value of offering flexibility. So if you want your employees to not only stick around, but to also be more productive, to be more effective, you have to provide them with flexibility. And even if you think your business is one that doesn't operate with flexibility, you need to at least ask yourself, well, where are the things where we can be more flexible? The next practice that you must instill into your team is clarity. Listen, if I have to hear the phrase, in these uncertain times, one more time, I might just punch myself in the ear. Okay, maybe not, but I'll at least dramatically roll my eyes whenever I hear it. But you want to know what your employees need during uncertain times? They need certainty. They need clarity. They need clarity on your vision and your goals as a leader. And they need clarity on how the specific work that each of them is doing ties to your vision. They need to be able to see that their work matters. And they'll only see that if they can see themselves and see their role tied to your vision. They need clarity on their own performance. They need to understand if the work they're doing is meeting or even exceeding your expectations. And they need to understand what they need to do to further improve themselves. And you can provide that clarity through constant feedback. Not only that, they need clarity on your business. They need to understand how things are currently performing and where things are heading, either good or bad. The more they have clarity around this, the less uncertainty and anxiety they'll feel. And the best way to give that clarity to them is to simply communicate with them and communicate with them more often. You likely need to communicate more often with them than you think you should. Your employees want to hear from you and they want to hear from their leaders about all the things that affect them. And they want to feel like you're communicating openly and honestly with them. And when they do feel this way, This is going to enable them to feel empowered to ask more questions, to voice more concerns, opinions, and ideas, and to be able to ask for some of those flexible options that best suit their work. Because if they don't feel empowered to ask, then they're just going to simply start looking for their job elsewhere. I had a coaching client recently who stepped into the CEO role of his company when his predecessor left. The company has around 700 employees located in a handful of different areas. And when he came into his role, employee engagement was low. Employee morale was low. Management trust was not where it needed to be. And one of the reasons for this was that employees never heard from the previous CEO or any executive. Employees had no idea what was going on in the company as a whole or what was going on in other offices or if the specific work that each of them was doing was making any effect. One of the first things this CEO implemented was a simple, regular communication. Once a week, he'd send a mass communication email out to all employees. 
At different times, the email may include things like any major announcements that everyone needs to know, major business and project updates from around the company, spotlights on employees who had big wins, and a short, usually positive lesson that related to personal development. And after 10 months of these communications, the company's Glassdoor employee ratings went from a 2.5 out of 5 to a 4.1 out of 5. That's a 64% increase in less than a year. And of course, that rating indicates higher employer retention as well as a signal that only helps this company in recruiting new employees. So a focus on providing clarity to your employees can be significantly valuable in not only retaining your employees, but also improving their engagement and their effectiveness. Now, as you hear about these practices that need to be instilled into your business in 2021, you may be tempted to think, well, those are all well and good, Matt, but my business is different. My industry is different. We aren't able to do any of that. My advice to you here is to rethink what you can and can't do. Instead of saying, we can't do that, say, hmm, what if we could do that? Or how might we be able to instill that into what we do? One of the industries that's been hit the hardest by labor shortages and having difficulty both retaining employees and recruiting new employees is the restaurant business. And most restaurants I see today are struggling because they continue to manage their employees the old way. A lot of them are saying, I've done everything I could to keep my employees and to try to recruit new employees. Really? Have you though? It appears like most are simply doing more of the same old thing because that's what may have worked for them before. Because that's what they assume is all they're able to do. But I talked to a restaurant owner this week who's successfully keeping his employees and his business is still thriving. And it's not a high-end restaurant. It's just an average pizza joint. And it's located on the West Coast where restaurants are appearing to be hit harder than elsewhere. And here's what he shared with me. This was his statement. Having a higher wage definitely attracts many potential employees, so the hiring process is a crucial yet often underserved process which can severely impact your business in the long run. We really focus on that process. For us, it's about hiring employees that resonate with the culture of our business and not just reading from a script that doesn't demonstrate what we're looking for. We believe employee retention is based on the value we have for our employees, and it's rewarded through regular bonuses, trips, free food, and a supportive growth system. Employees have room to express creativity, and they're placed in positions that allow them to thrive rather than make them uncomfortable. Like, if a waitress wants to try out being a cook, they have that opportunity. We try to mitigate employee burnout by allowing shifts in roles as well. If we see they want to grow within the company to have larger roles, we guide them and provide them with tools and incentives, like possibilities to manage other teams, potential to be a part owner, stuff like that. Our management style is pretty lax, we delegate most of our roles onto employees, which allows them the ability to feel like they're more than just an employee. For example, our waitresses can give out random discounts for whatever reason, which our customers enjoy. 
They also have a $100 threshold to resolve issues that would normally require a manager to resolve. That way, they don't feel devalued in front of a customer, which is damaging. But I really think for the most part, it's because we've developed a culture where we want everyone to succeed and we look out for each other. And that's what has really set the foundation for our business's success. Wow. Okay, I'll be honest here. I was kind of surprised to hear all that this business owner shared with me. Some of these things seem to be unheard of in the restaurant industry. And most restaurant owners would likely assume that those just wouldn't work in their business. But they can work. And they can work in your business too. You just have to figure out how. Okay, now there's one more practice you need to instill in your business in the face of the great resignation. And this one is quite different and maybe a bit concerning. I know it's been concerning when I've brought it up to some other business owners recently. And this practice is rethinking and adjusting what resources and people you actually need in your business. Matthew Matala wrote about this recently in an article in Forbes called why your return to the office plan needs freelancers. In this article, Matthew writes that it may sound contradictory, but the solution to innovation and retention in your business isn't within your own four walls. It's with remote freelancers in the human cloud. Listen, we're, we're talking about there being a talent shortage. We think that there's a talent shortage out there, but actually there isn't. Like I mentioned earlier in the episode, a number of people leaving their jobs are actually deciding to call their own shots and create their own ventures, whether it's starting a completely new business, becoming a consultant, or becoming a freelancer. The shift from full-time employees to the gig economy or the freelancer economy has been happening for a few years. In 2018, we were at a point where around Half of all college graduates were going directly into self-employed roles, gig roles, freelancer roles, instead of going into full-time employment. And that trend has only continued to increase in 2020 and now in 2021. Today, there are over 1 billion global freelancers who are ready to help businesses. They just don't want to be employees, as 51% of freelancers say that no amount of money could entice them to take a full-time job. And thankfully, now, some of the top brand names like Microsoft, GE, Intel, BBC, they're starting to acknowledge that hiring freelancers would be somewhat or very important to their organization's future competitive advantage. John Meese, he's the author of Survive and Thrive and the host of the Thrive School podcast, he and I were talking recently, and we discussed this current shift in the supply nature of human resources. And one of the things we talked about was this. When you think about your business and think about all the resources you think you need for your business, think about it in terms of the specific tasks to be done versus the roles that you need. You'll likely find that a number of those tasks won't take up a full-time role. So instead of trying to find one person that can generally perform two different tasks, consider hiring those tasks out to freelancers. You'll get the value of having actual specialists perform that work. 
And it'll actually be less costly for you when you pay just based on only the time they work. Or pay just based on the specific work they deliver instead of paying an employee based on full time. And it'll tap into the desire of freedom and flexibility that freelancers have in leading their own ventures. So you'll still get more work done or more effective work done at the same cost or even a lower cost while you still allow flexibility for your people, those people being freelancers. Okay, let's run through these practices one last time. In order to retain your top talent and to be able to recruit more top talent, you need to pay your employees fairly. You need to instill a culture of empathy. You need to lead your people with flexibility. You need to provide frequent clarity to all your employees. And you need to rethink what resources and people you actually need. So if you haven't been already, now's the time to start figuring out how and where you can instill these practices. One of the best ways to figure that out is to talk with your people. If they understand what you're trying to do, they'll likely be more than happy to help point the way. And there are lots of reasons why employees may be considering leaving their jobs. And while some may be outside of your control, getting proactive about the things you can control can help you get ahead of the great resignation and avoid losing your best people. So think about your sphere of control in its three domains, the things we can control, the things we can influence, and the things that are outside of our control and influence. So now's the time to get proactive on those things that you can control. And you need to take a hard look and recognize that you've actually got a lot more control over certain areas than you assume you do. Getting proactive on what you can control is going to help you curb the great resignation from affecting your team and losing your most valuable people. And if you really do it right, you'll even be able to recruit valuable high performers as they resign from their organizations. Wow, I think we unpacked a lot here. And I hope this will help you set your mind at ease knowing that there are practices you can instill starting today that are going to help you curb the great resignation in your organization. Hey, and if you're enjoying the Simple Brand Podcast, go ahead, hit the subscribe button. It's going to make it a lot simpler for you to get future episodes like the next one featuring Chris Kelso. Chris is an executive coach and speaker who's helped thousands of leaders turn their teams around. And he's the author of the book, Overcoming the Imposter, Silence Your Inner Critic and Lead with Confidence. Chris and I talk about something that most leaders struggle with. That inner critic voice that downplays our own accomplishments and tells us we don't have what it takes. And we talk about the strategies and tools to silence that inner critic voice to be able to emerge as a more effective and confident leader. So go ahead and subscribe. You'll automatically get Chris's episode as soon as it's live. Until then, keep it simple. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Simple Brand Podcast. Want to make your listening experience simple and automatically receive each new episode? Visit our website, simplebrandpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. If you're finding value from the Simple Brand Podcast, leave us a rating or review. That helps us get the show to the ears of the people who need it most. Be sure to catch Matt right here next week. Same Matt time, same Matt channel. 
Until then, keep it simple.